Thank you, Vicky, uh, for those notices. Uh, if you're just tuning in, my name's Tim and I lead the Vine Church and I'm just glad for everyone who's tuning in at the moment. And uh, if you're uh, not used to church and Christianity and faith, I just want to encourage you to stay tuned in for the next 15 minutes or so because I'm just about to speak upon Jesus and the resurrection and I believe the words that I'm about to bring, they could change your life. Uh, you might be feeling today a bit hopeless, a bit fearful. Uh, you might be feeling without any purpose or value. And I believe, and many Christians around the whole world are celebrating the resurrection uh, today. And we believe that through Jesus' death and resurrection, he gives us hope. He gives us peace. He gives us uh, purpose and value. And so what I'm about to bring could change your life. So stay tuned in. See, I'm super excited, if you can't tell, about today because today uh, is the celebration of our great leader, of our saviour, of our redeemer. It's a celebration time because Jesus has risen from the grave. He has conquered death and Jesus and the, is, is alive. And we as a church, we celebrate that Jesus is alive, that he's conquered the grave. Uh, through Jesus' death and resurrection, it was showing the whole world that nothing can stop him. And this morning, I want to bring us a message on this title, that nothing or no one can stop him. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 16. That's Mark chapter 16. Uh, if you go to the New Testament, you get Matthew, Mark, and chapter 16 is the last chapter in Mark. So turn there uh, with me. Whilst you're trying to find that in your Bibles, whether that's uh, on your phones or anything else, uh, I wonder, what does Easter mean for you? Is it that you get chocolate eggs? I hope that you've all got different chocolate eggs and you're eating them maybe even right now for breakfast. Is it that it's about some chicks or it's the, it's the long bank holiday weekend because if we were all working at the moment, which I know a lot of us aren't working or we're working from home, but if we were, we get four days off. See, for us as followers of Jesus, uh, Easter, the primary, primary thing about Easter is the celebration of our great leader, Jesus, the Son of God. And this morning I want to tell you why I and as followers of Jesus, why we should be excited about this event in history. Why we should be excited that nothing or no one is going to stop him, and I mean Jesus. See, to quote the well-known uh, song that we sing a lot on Sundays. And it says this, No power of how, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. The Christ alone song, No power of how, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. See, we believe that in Jesus, nothing or no one is going to stop him. Are you at Mark 16? Because we're going to read it together right now, so just join with me. Let's read it. Mark 16, 
verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Madeline, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Just let you know in, in what's going on now is that um, Friday's happened, Jesus has died. Um, Saturday has been passed because Saturday was a Sabbath and it's this Sunday morning, it's early in the morning and uh, we are at verse 2. Very early on, the first day of the week, Sunday, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Verse 4. But they looked up and they saw that stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As he entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Verse 6. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you in Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the woman went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. See, this morning I want to uh, look at the story of Mary Madeline so that we can see Jesus more. And if you're taking notes this morning, I just have two main points for us. And this is the first point, point number one to write down. Death has lost and love has won. Write it down, church. Death has lost. Love has won. Could you imagine the feelings and the emotions of Mary Madeline? Just where you are, in your homes, in your bedrooms, in your lounges. Imagine Mary Madeline and her feelings right now. It was Mary Madeline in Luke chapter 8. And she was the woman that was said to have an evil spirit inside her. We do not know why or what that means entirely, what the evil spirit is. But some of the commentators believe that because she had an evil spirit, that she had severe epileptic fits and she had a mental illness. And Jesus heals Mary Madeline. He completely heals her of any of this, of any uh, evil spirit or mental illness or, or epileptic fit, she, she is completely healed. And then in Luke chapter 8, it describes that she was a woman supporting Jesus out of her own means. Basically, Mary Madeline, she did everything she could to support Jesus out of her own means. See, when Jesus healed Mary, it caused her life to be radically changed. She decided to give up everything and she devoted her whole life to follow Jesus. She had experienced the power and the presence of Jesus Christ and it, that had come and healed her. And she, out of her own means, everything that she had, she said, I'm going to follow and devote my life to this guy called Jesus. See, we have no record of Mary's 
uh, parentage, or her, her material status, or her age. However, she was free to follow Jesus in his journeyings would suggest that she had no home obligations. She devoted a whole life. She devoted all her means to following Jesus. See, the narrative goes on, and Mary and these other two ladies, uh, they go out to buy spices to anoint Jesus. See, the reason they had to buy the spices on a Sunday morning, because the death of Jesus actually happened quite quickly. It is very, in many ways, unimaginable how quickly the events happened to the death of Jesus. See, Thursday night, uh, Jesus was with his disciples and they were praying together and uh, he gets arrested. And probably it was quite late at night he got arrested. So Mary and some of the ladies, they probably didn't hear to Friday morning that Jesus had been arrested. And by evening, by that same evening, they heard that Jesus had been arrested. By evening, he had died and they placed him in a tomb. They had watched him carry his cross and die on it. They are shocked. I don't know if you've ever had anyone close to you that die, have died. See, when you first hear the news, it doesn't feel real. Their heads are spinning with memories and emotions. You're shocked. See, it was a week ago that Jesus, on what we call Palm Sunday, came riding on a donkey, uh, proclaiming to be the, the king of peace. And they thought he was coming to, be, to show that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. And they were all celebrating his journey into Jerusalem. And then you fast forward one week, and Jesus is dead in a tomb. You could imagine all their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions. It's unimaginable how quickly this has happened. They are shocked and they're just probably in many ways probably in a bit of a mess. So Sunday comes. And they wanted Mary and the other woman want to do something special for Jesus, for they loved and they devoted their whole lives to Jesus. So she and the other woman went to buy some spices and they head to the tomb. See, I love at this point, because as they head into the tomb, they say to one another, who will roll the stone away? Who's going to move that gigantic large stone out of the way of the tomb so we can actually anoint Jesus? See, we need to take a moment here, church, and, and just pause and think about this because we need to hear this in our lives. See, Mary and the other woman, they were so focused on uh, anointing Jesus, they didn't see the obstacle of a massive stone in, in front of the tomb. That they were so focused on what they felt was right to do, they didn't see the barrier. They didn't see the hurdle, should I say. See, sometimes in our lives, 
it's easy to focus upon the barriers, the hurdles, the stones that are in the way for the purposes Jesus has for us. Rather than focus on, well, this is what God had called me to do. This is who I am in God. And you go and do it and you be that person. See, for Mary and the other woman, they were discussing once they got there, oh, how are we actually going to do this? They're so fixated on Jesus. See, we need to be more fixated on Jesus and his purposes for our lives, rather than the barriers, than the stones and the things that all might go our way. Because, as in this story, it's already been dealt with. And that's what God does for us. So let's get back to the story. See, they get there, and the last stone is rolled away. God sorted that one out for them. And an angel is sitting there and saying, do not be alarmed. Jesus is risen. See, this is like, rub your eyes moment, double blink. Is this really what I am seeing? You take a second look. You're going to be looking at the tomb in the end, just saying, is he really? Is it really? Is it really happened? You might even go into the tomb. I'm just making sure for myself that he has really risen. You know, I just want to make sure. And he has. He's risen. He's come out of the grave. And this is it. Death is beaten and love has won. The impossible has become possible. Nothing is going to stop him. His purposes and plans will come into being. See, it's around AD 33. For 33 years, a man has rocked the Roman world. He's healed the multitudes. He's done endless miracles. He's caused many people to turn their whole, whole lives upside down to follow him. Governments were terrified of his popularity. His close friend betrayed him to death. Under the Roman governor of Pontius Pilate, he was sentenced to death. The people called him to be crucified. The world wanted to stop him. But the question is, who can stop Jesus? And this is the answer. No one. No one will ever stop him. Because Jesus, God himself, has the final word. He will always have the final word. See, the Roman Empire and the people, they believe that they had silenced him. They believe that they have crushed him. They believe that they have stopped his popularity. But actually, it was part of God's plan. And actually, it, was, it wasn't. It was, was going to change the whole world for decades and centuries to come. Death has been beaten and love has won. See, through Jesus' death and resurrection was a man sacrificing himself for every single sin, for every single guilt, every single fear and worry. He was going to demolish it for us so that we could have life and a life where we could experience the love of God in all its fullness. See, this morning, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it is a demonstration that death has been beaten and love has overcome. And that in Jesus, no one is going to stop him. 
No one's going to stop his purposes and plans on this world and this whole uh, for everyone in humanity. Point number two is this, if you're writing it down. He left to draw close. He left to draw close. See, one of Jesus' last acts on earth is puzzling, but it's remarkably liberating, should I say. It's puzzling, but it's remarkably liberating. See, the resurrection seems, seems to show Jesus leaving our world. But if we see the resurrection resulting in less of Jesus' presence rather than more, we are missing out on a powerful truth about the resurrection of Jesus. See, if we turn to John chapter 20, actually don't worry about turning there, but if you go to John chapter 20, the story unfolds even more. And it's after the resurrection that Jesus visits Mary Madeline again. And it's Mary who says this. Who is it? Who is it? She, she thinks it's the gardener at first, the gardener. But it's Jesus himself. And as she realises it was Jesus, she throws her arms around him. See, Mary had lost Jesus before and she didn't want to lose Jesus again. Mary didn't want to let go of Jesus. See, Mary Madeline had devoted her whole life to Jesus and following Jesus. She's, she's given everything up. She's done everything by all her means. And then she's watched him die and she's gone to the tomb to anoint him and he, he's left. But then when she's in this place that looks like to be a garden and Jesus is there with her, she wants to keep hold of him because she doesn't want to lose him again. See, I think Mary might have thought that Jesus' death was the final thing of knowing him and knowing his presence and power on this earth. I, I, I remember a great quote by, um, that I've heard, and it's about a guy called Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was a pastor, theologian and a spy during World War II. And he's standing in line and uh, he's been sentenced to death. And there he is standing in line with, with other people who've been sentenced to death. And he's about to die. And he turns around to the person next to him and he says, For you, this is the end. But for me, this is the beginning. See, Bonhoeffer... He knew his destination. He knew he was about to die literally in that moment. And he was about to enter eternity with Jesus. See, back to the story, Mary Madeline is there and she sees Jesus and she doesn't want to let go of him because she doesn't want to leave his presence or not know his power on earth. But then Jesus says these words to her. Mary, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. 
See, one could presume Jesus saying this because his body is sacred. But do you remember Thomas? He invites him to touch his hands. So that isn't the case. His body isn't sacred. Jesus, he knew the fear and the pain Mary had felt because she thought she had lost Jesus forever. But Jesus says to her, if you let me go, if you let me ascend to heaven, and this is the crucial part, you will have access to an even stronger relationship with me. If you let me ascend to my Father, you will have me, Mary, forever. Nothing will be able to take me away or stop me. And as time goes on, uh, we know in Acts chapter 2 that his presence, Jesus' presence, comes through the Holy Spirit, who is not really a force, but more like a person. Jesus says early in the Gospels, unless I go away, the advocate won't come. The Holy Spirit. See, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus Christ to us. And this is why Jesus said that through the Holy Spirit, you would know him better and have greater faith. See, through the Holy Spirit, we can know Jesus fully. Through the shadow of the cross, we can know how wide and deep his love is for us. See, through the Holy Spirit, we can see Jesus and know his presence. We can know the same love as his disciples in that upper room in the Lord's Supper. See, you might be like, I would have loved of being around when Jesus was around. I would be loved to see all the miracles and everything he does. I would love just to hear some stories. However, Jesus says, for, for me, I've got to go away so I can send someone else who will reveal me to you and you will know me personally. I will be with you. And he goes on. Jesus is there with Mary after he'd been resurrected. And she thought that he was, like I said earlier, he was a gardener. And this is the thing, sometimes we don't see Jesus at work in our lives. We might think that he was just the gardener in the garden, but actually it's Jesus. And Jesus made his intentions clear. He left heaven to reveal himself on this earth. He died on the cross and resurrected to make himself infinitely available to you. See, Jesus is nearer to you than you realise. He's not just by your side. He's not just carrying you. He's not just there with you. But he's living inside of you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he is closer to you than you know. And when Jesus resurrected, it was him saying that, I've got to go so I can draw near. I've got to go so I could be even closer to my people, to you. See, the, the challenge is this morning, are you going to draw near to God? Are you going to draw near to him? See, just to recap as we finish up, is that no one 
or nothing is going to be able to stop Jesus. Death has beaten. Love has won. He loves humanity so much. He died and resurrected so we could experience his fullness and his love for us. Through Mary, we get to see a fit. We get to see a story, a, a relationship where Mary devoted his whole life, uh, devoted her whole life, sorry, to Jesus. And she didn't want him to leave. But Jesus says, I've got to go so that you would experience me even more. And for us in our homes right now, I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know if you if you're enjoying the time what's going on or you are fearful or worried. I don't even know that even if you believe in Jesus himself. But I want to encourage you to draw near to him because he is closer than you think through the Holy Spirit. Speak to him. Talk to him because he is wanting you. And the very reason that he died on that cross and he rose again so that he could have a personal relationship with you. Church, this morning nothing or no one's going to stop him. And in your life and your purposes purposes he has for your life, nothing or no one's going to stop him do his will in your life. Take encouragement this morning. Taking courage more. We're going to be singing a song now uh, to finish up. Whereas we sang this on Good Friday, and we're going to sing it again. Let's blare it out. Let's sing it out uh, because Jesus is not dead, but He is alive.